Miguelito! Buenas, friends. This is his sound purchase with Senor Stepan, Senor Jake. Keep it locked. That's what I'm talking about. Adios. Keep it locked. This is a sound purchase, a podcast that does a deep dive to explore iconic recordings. Episode 31, The Cuban Brothers, 2013 release, Yo Bonita. Jake. Hello there. Uh, hola. Hola, Stefan. Uh, como estas? Yeah, muy bien. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how to say. And you? <laughs> let's let's check on Google. And you? Why? How do you pronounce why? Just e e and usted. U s t e d. E usted. Usted. I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. I never really learned any Spanish outside of hola, cómo estás, muy bien. Welcome to remedial Spanish with Stefan and Jake, <laughs> where my extent of Spanish is kind of around cartel TV shows and <laughs> ordering drinks at Costa Coffee with our Colombian friend Juan. I used to give him the uh, the orders in Spanish. He was teaching me how to do Spanish ordering to him. Then he just disappeared, you know. Moved to Spain, didn't he? Yeah. Don't blame him. So. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, anyway, this is a sound purchase. Today we're looking at a album very dear and close to my heart, or a band, should we say, and artists that are very dear and close to my heart. Jake, probably the the band I've seen the most before really? live. Totally unintentionally, they just seem to pop up at all these gigs I go to. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little ashamed to say I've never actually gone to see them, if that makes sense. Yeah. But all of these festivals that I've gone to, they've pretty much been there. I mean... And... It's it's a draw card for me, don't get me wrong. It's a massive thing. Like I went to see Roger Waters a couple of years ago, a game with my old man on our Hyde Park kind of series that we go to. And it was like, Roger Waters, yeah, hell yeah. C6 Steve, hell yeah. And then it's like the guy from The Verve, uh, but the Cuban brothers will be there. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be fair, yeah. if you're going to go see him, I think the festival's a festival is the place to do it, right? I guess so. I'd actually, I'd like to see them do a full like 90 minute set rather than, you know, a couple of 20 minutes. I'd like to see them properly in their element as a headline. You want to see them headlining the Glastonbury pyramid stage three hours with an additional hours on core. I'm not going to lie to you, Jake. I think they could do it. (laughs) (laughs) Like I think they would be a lot more entertaining than some of the Glastonbury acts we've seen in the past. Oh yes. Yeah. I'd second that. Anyway, I've got a, Game show ready for you today, Jake. This is a very last minute game show. Oh, but it's the best a quick kind. fire. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I got all of these questions off a website and I had to do a quiz on the website to get the answers. Luckily, I got, my, I got most of them correct. Is it just basic Cuban? Like, is it a Cuban? Yeah. Don't, don't call my bluff. Don't call my bluff. But yeah, <laughs> it is exactly that. And uh, I mean, I'm famously working on my geography because my geography is not quite up to scratch, but apparently I'm a, I'm like a KGB sleeper and I seem to know a lot about Cuba. <laughs> That's fair. I got, so I think 17 out of 20, right? I, I don't know a lot. They said 20 questions. Well, this is what I mean. It's quick fire, right? So let right, me explain. Okay. Let me explain. Quick fire. 
There are 20 questions and there's one minute on the clock. You need to answer as many as you can. Right. Okay. Okay. I need to I need to read the questions as quick as I can. <laughs> yeah, if you yeah, that that's does yeah. I feel like we're not gonna get through all twenty. No, then that it was intentionally set up so that we wouldn't. Today, Jake, you are playing for David from Mount Monganui, New Zealand. Oh wowzers. Hey. Yeah. He hasn't given us his surname, but he did say that he frequents karaoke bars and he loves Eminem. <laughs> Hi, kids. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) David, Jake needs to correctly answer 12 questions, roughly about 60% or the GCSE pass mark. If Jake is correct in his answer, you will hear this. Yes. I thought you'd like that one. (laughs) And if Jake is wrong, you will hear this piece of trash. Uh, Lou Baker's not welcome in this household. Mrs. Stefan, my wife, has had uh, some pretty ugly interactions with him in German nightclubs. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah, because he's actually from Munich, right? He's not Cuban. No, no of course he isn't. Yeah, <laughs> of course he isn't. <laughs> so, uh, are you ready? Uh, uh, well, as ready as I'm ever going to be, yeah. Okay, let's let's start off with the game show theme, because I forgot that. And I don't want your angry emails, people, that I forgot to do the game show theme at the top of the game show. Now you can save it. I've made up for it now. You've heard the theme. It's okay. So here we go, Jake. You've got one minute on the clock. All right. Quick fire. Cuba is located in which sea? The Caribbean, Mediterranean, Black Sea, or under the sea? <laughs> under the sea. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, it's going to be in the Caribbean. They call me Cuba well done. Um, true or false, Jake? Cuba shares half of an island with another country, the Dominican Republic. Uh, does it? Uh, false. Oh, no, uh, you got that right. Sorry. There we go. Uh, which of these is not a Cuban city? Camagüey, Havana, Hologuin, or Belmopan? Uh, the third one. Oh, I'm sorry, Jake. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, true or false, Havana is the capital of Cuba. Uh, is it? Uh, false. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Jake. I thought it was too obvious. Yeah. Um, let's just keep going through this, actually, because that was, that was a lot of fun. I'm sorry, David, you have not won the prize pack this week. We got, like, three questions in. <laughs> we got through four, so <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> That's like, there's um, no way he was ever going to, even if I'd got all of them right. <laughs> oh, well, I was, I was trying to do like quick fire, you know, quick fire on the, on the chase. Okay. So let's carry on. Maybe, maybe we'll make it fair. If you can get 12 right, then that's it. We're going through them pretty quick anyway. Which of these islands, Jake, is not a neighbor of Cuba? Jamaica, Cozumel, Sardinia, Turks, and Caicos. What were they, sorry? So it was Sardinia. Jamaica. Cozumel, Sardinia, Turks, and Caicos. I don't really, my geography is, is appalling. I have no idea where any of those, those islands are. I'm going to say it's the, um, the fourth one. 
I'm sorry, it was Sardinia. Who is the current leader of Cuba? Although, let me just preface this because I wrote these questions yesterday. I, I didn't write these questions. I stole these questions from an online quiz yesterday and it's actually changed as of this morning. Uh, so, <laughs> who is the current leader of Cuba? Fidel Castro, Raul Castro, uh, Mauricio Macri, or Carlos Slim Helu? Was it Raul? It was Raul. Well done. Who's it today? But apparently he's stepping down. Which uh, of these is a major export product? Apples, sugar, tobacco, or both tobacco and sugar? Uh, I'm, I, I thought it... I'm going to go with D, tobacco and sugar. Call me Cuba I'm well done, Cuba well done. Cuba. Okay. Are you keeping score, by the way? No, I'm not. I thought you were. Good. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, let's say you're on four, I think. I've done at least five. This is, I'm on at least this five. is question eight. Cuba was a colony of which nation from the 15th to the 19th century? Portugal, France, Spain, United States. Uh, well, I would assume Portugal or Spain. Um, but, ooh, they speak Portuguese or Spanish? Ooh, quick oh, fire Spain. here, Jake. Quick fire. They call me Cuba well done. So that's five now out of... Uh, well, let, that's five correct answers. My maths. Let's not go there. Which, oh, sorry, what was the name of the final non-communist leader of Cuba? Non-communist. Batista. <laughs> Barranquilla. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Duvalia you, or you, Franco? You were going to try and get that Batista sting in on a one-minute timer. <laughs> after I'd managed to blast through all of these questions. Spoiler alert, there's a, there's a few more. <laughs> so. Uh, well, it's got to be my my boy, right? Batista. If he's a... How could he make a baby with your mother? <laughs> Smusher. Well done. Okay, yes, you're right. Uh, in what year was Batista... If he's a planet. How could he make a baby with your mother? Would smush her. That's... What year was he overthrown? Was it 1942, 1947, 1959, or 1961? 61. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh. It was 1959. Damn. Uh, Frida Kahlo or Diego Riviera? Frida Kahlo. <laughs> <laughs> was, it, was it Shay, by any chance? Well done, yes. Uh, so, Stephen Biko, by the way, just, just saying, Stephen Biko was uh, the subject of a song by our Lord and Saviour. He was a uh, kind of like actually. Um, Kind of like South Africa's Rodney King sort of thing. Okay. Basically, to put it to put it very unpolitically correct in a way. Uh, so, what is grandma? This is question number 12. What is grandma? Cuba's official Communist Party newspaper, a province of Cuba, the yacht that brought C Castro and the other rebels to Cuba to overthrow our friend... Batista, or all of these? Or all of them? 
Oh, yeah. Um, see, I'm always tempted whenever there's an all of them option just to pick it. <laughs> I know, but maybe I've thrown them in there. Oh, you've, you've not thrown anything in there. You, you... Don't call my bluff. <laughs> so what was it? It was a boat, a newspaper. A province. A province or all of them. I'm going to say it's a boat. It's all of I'm them, sorry, isn't it? It was, it it was is all of them, them. yeah. <laughs> technically, I'm not wrong. It is, all, it is a boat. Yeah, well, technically, okay. Still not keeping count, by the way. In what year was the Cuban Missile Crisis? 59, 60, 61, or 62? Six, six, 61? I'm sorry, it was 62. Two. In which of these, uh, sorry, which of these Cuban products is very popular and illicitly exported worldwide? Cigars, coffee, golden rice, or marijuana. Well, if it's, if it's illicitly done, I mean, as far as I'm aware, only America has bans on Cuban cigars, right? I don't think many other places do. Is there? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll go. Let's go with the cigars. I'm going to go with the cigars. Well done. Let's say that's that we've now got, I don't know, nine. Okay, three more, Jake. Three more, and you've got a couple more questions. Got six more questions. All right. The largest religious affiliation in Cuba is atheist or non-religious, Eastern Orthodox, Roman Catholic, or Santerian. I don't know what the difference between any of those is. So, I surely you got to know the difference between atheist and Roman Catholic. That doesn't, that, yeah, but that doesn't count because <laughs> it's not going to be atheist. Like the three actual religions. Okay, um, all right, yeah. Well, isn't Orthodox to do with like Judaism? Um, well, no. I mean, you, you can. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, quick fire, Jake. Quick fire. Uh, D. I'm sorry. It was C. Roman Catholic. Here we go. Nice, easy one. True or false? The US military owns land and stations troops in Cuba. Uh, true. Okay. 17. The Guantanamo Bay base became controversial and newsworthy during what war? Any of this. I should say which war, really, but World War II, the Korean conflict, the Vietnam conflict, or the Iraqi war? You, you kind of cut out a few times there, but uh, I'm going to say the Iraqi war. He's so good, he doesn't even need to know the question. Okay, uh, which of these authors lived in Cuba for years? F. Scott Fitzgerald, Ernest Hemingway, James Joyce, or Lawrence Kaplow? Uh, Joyce. Nah. I'm sorry, it was Hemingway. Overrated anyway. Question 19. What banana-like fruit is a staple in Cuban cooking? Is it a banana? Sorry. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> didn't, I didn't give you the options. Cherie uh, Moya, Kerry Moya, dragon fruit, kiwi, or plantain? Banana. Uh, I don't know. Plantain. They call me Cuba well done. The king of I knew that because of the Ralph report. Okay. Um, uh, question 20. Final question. I got 12? Say what? Do I need one more or was that my 12th? I don't know. I stopped counting. I keep saying that I'm counting <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> uh, about how many... Okay, this is, this is grammatically wrong, but 
go with me, about how many Cubans have emigrated since 1959 revolution? So how many Cubans have emigrated yeah. since, the, since 59? So 500,000, 1 million, 1. 1.5 million, or 2 million? Feels like low numbers. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, 1.5. Oh, I'm sorry, Jake. It was 1 million. Seriously, that's, that doesn't feel like a lot of people in, what, 60 years? Are you allowed to leave a communist country? You can, yeah. People come over here from China all the time. Fair enough. Okay. Well, this is not a political podcast, so we're not going to go into that. I don't know which way we go, Jake, whether we just say no, David, that we didn't get through the questions we in did, a minute. We didn't get do it in a minute. So, David, you, you lose. Uh, you get nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> that was our quickfire challenge. <laughs> okay, so context. Let's start it off right off the bat, Jake. We were really, really lucky. Once again, second week in a row, second episode in a row, we were lucky enough to actually interview the artist involved in this episode, and we had an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. I was listening back to the interview yesterday, pulling some clips, and, well, I was just laughing ugly during the interview. I mean, to be honest with you, I think Mike, the main guy, Miguelito, took over the interview, and we didn't do a very good job at interviewing him. No, it was more at of, all because we struggled to keep him on on topic and on task. No, yeah, it was more more of just a general chat, really, wasn't it? But yeah, I think that's just kind of hard, of course, if you're dealing with the Cuban brothers. <laughs> Absolutely, I I don't want to I don't want to throw any shade here because that's not my intention. He was a really lovely, nice and charming bloke, and so quick, so quick with a story. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. Especially especially one guy from Mount Monganui that really likes karaoke and Eminem. <laughs> we won't say his name, but uh, let's just say it we starts won't say his with name, a D. You know, yeah, I think, uh, think he's been granted name suppression. <laughs> so we won't say his name through fear of legal repercussions. However, the full interview will be available as of right now exclusively for our friends of the show. You can sign up to be a friend of the show by signing up at asoundpurchase.com forward slash F-O-T-S. And don't forget, other goodies await for our friends of the show. The Cuban brothers are Miguelito Montavani, a.k.a. Mike Keat, the man that we interviewed, the man we spoke to, the man that dreamed up this whole crazy thing. Acerio Montavani, who is Miguelito's brother and sometimes lover, apparently. Kengo-san, Miguelito's illegitimate son, and Juan Erection, who I, I just don't know any of the backstory to. I think that's, that's enough information, right? That's a, yeah. With a name like yeah. that, you don't need a backstory. No, no, that's right. Although I'm not sure if Juan Erection was involved at the time of this recording, like at the time of the recording of the album. Weird. Uh, he's, he is a relatively recent, relatively recent... Uh, I'll, I'll get this. So the guys, I'll get this bit out of the way now. I've been trying to find find a vinyl version of this, and oh boy, is it! Uh, <laughs> I don't think they released it on vinyl. Apparently, they they like. There's, I've seen a few places where they've claimed to have them, but out of stock. But um, really, 
but that was like after a lot of searching. So I'm dubious as to how yeah. legit those are. I don't remember it coming out on vinyl. No. I'm pretty sure I would have purchased it on vinyl. I made the grave mistake, Jake, in uh, 2013 when this came out of actually purchasing it digitally. So I didn't have any liner notes to prepare this this uh, whole episode around. So we'll we'll get into that in a little bit because it's been a busy, busy week for me. So the guys were formed in Edinburgh after Miguel or Mike Heat realized that dance music was disappearing. He met Archidio, Archie Easton, when Archie, quote unquote, wiped the floor with him in a b-boy battle. And again, quote unquote, if you can't beat him, join him, right? So he pretty much instantly recruited Archidio to come and join him for club nights in Edinburgh. I think he said it was a Tuesday night where they were in a cellar bar and there it began. I went to Bestival in 2013, saw the Flaming Lips, Jake. Very nice. I was, you'd built them up so incredibly for me. You said that they were awesome. They had giant laser hands. They had the big Zorb ball. They had none of that. You can't expect, <laughs> you can't expect the full experience at a festival. No, Wayne Coyne stood on a podium for the entire thing. He didn't move from the podium. Did he speak for about 10 minutes between each song? It sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I spent the most of the lead up to Bestival saying to everybody, the flaming lips, man, the flaming lips. And everybody turned around to me and just went, what the hell were you talking about? At this festival, I was also introduced to Caravan Palace for the first time. They were just outstanding. They took me by complete surprise. And as I was wandering around, because the people that I'd gone with, shall we say, for better or worse, were still outside the tent and I don't think they move from the tent that entire day still trying to recover some energy from the previous day I was walking around waiting for Elton John to take the stage or it might have actually been Sheik I think I was waiting for Sheik to take the main stage and I was wandering around wandering around and I walked past the main stage and there I was confronted by this really funky kind of Cuban tinged music Standing about 200 metres or so back from the stage, all I could see was tiny little ants on the stage with a big screen. And I don't know I don't know how to word it, Jake, but let's just say appearances aren't everything because I legitimately thought that they were old veterans <laughs> doing like a, um, a veteran set, a legacy act, that's what it's called. They looked authentically Cuban, though. They had black wigs and a ton of fake tan, something that, you know, probably rightfully they've decided to stop in recent years. But I, I like I say, I legitimately thought that they were a legacy act, and I was just blown away by these pensioners, as I perceive them, breakdancing and sharing salacious anecdotes. Hashtag sexy favours. Uh. Yes, friends. Okay. I've seen them a number of times since, possibly... Like I said, the artist that I've seen the most out of any any artist, purely coincidentally because they just happen to play at all these concerts that I'm going to. Mm. It's a very nice surprise most of the time. Anyway, in our conversation with Mike, he said this about the album. The, the songs from Your Bonita, when I was making that record, I just wanted it to be a cohesive record because I hadn't uh, really done... 
an artist record like that before. I'd done uh, lots of EPs. Mm-hmm. That was the end of the clip. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> I'll say it, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You cut these clips up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, it's about this time where the penny's dropping, and Paul realizes that he is dealing with two complete, well, one complete <laughs> novice. Oh, no, I think two's fairly. <laughs> Yo, Bonita was an album that I thought was just going to be joke after joke, after joke after joke. However, it quickly won, won me over with its earnestness. That's my key, key word of the week. And I think I used that a lot in the last episode too, but it is a very, very earnest record. Mm. Often we're talking on this, on this show in particular about artists for their kind of compositional genius. But I'm going to put it forward and put it out there now. This is not one of those albums. We are not talking about someone that's written these songs. However, this album is a true love letter from a super fan of a bygone era. What Mike's done is taken a whole bunch of songs that he absolutely adores and just made them a bit fresh and done it really, really, really well. You know, you get a lot of people, who was it, the Black Keys announced the other day, they're going to do a uh, a blues covers album. And I sit there and think, have you run out of ideas? Like, seriously. Are we at this point already, guys? There's only so much you can do with one guitar and drums, I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah. Don't get me wrong. There are bands that do this kind of thing, and I actually really enjoy it. Like uh, Huey Lewis and The News, they did a Motown covers album, and I love that. They also did a doo-wop covers album, and I absolutely love that. They've also but, they've also been going for about thirty years longer than the back Black Keys. So, well, and they've had <laughs> how many number one hits? You know, like yeah. But the thing is, this is an album. This is this is more like a curation than an actual putting things together album. Mm. I hate to bring them up, but it's a bit like a Kanye album. Carne, as my family call them, in the sense of, and you got to go with me on this one, Carne isn't necessarily a musical genius like he thinks he is. Uh, no. 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 <laughs> Let, let's just put this right out, out there right now. Yeah, yeah. No. However, however, friend of the show, Neil Finn, has claimed that whilst Carne isn't very good at perhaps performing music in the studio. He's very good at curating music in the studio. Curating. Listening out for this and going, well, this works really well with that. You know, yin, yang, zigzag, and so on. He he is a a top-notch producer. Absolutely. You know. um, Yeah. So I would put it out there that this, this album kind of follows in that sort of spirit where it's not necessarily, even though they're not using samples, they are performing this and they've put together a wicked band. It's more of, I think Love Letter sums it up, really. So that's gone on for way too long. I don't know if you can cut out all my rambling there, Paul, but give it your best shot, man. Mike also discussed with us the process of choosing the covers for this record. Because it did, it did fairly well commercially, mm. considering... I just thought that a lot of a lot of our fans aren't necessarily music cats. A lot of them are, but a lot of them love the fact that there's humour, yeah. love the fact that there's going, mm. and that there's a whole physical 
and sort of you know that you know visual aspect. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I want I want I wanted to add some record, give them you know a little bit, not an education, but just let them feel that, and they might want to go and you know search out the original, and and it takes them down a different a different yeah. rabbit hole of these artists who have who I've grown up with. You know, I think in, in in sort of contemporary ways, a lot of people might not be that familiar with them. You know what I mean? I have to disagree with him. I think he is giving us a bit of an education on old school soul music. I I fully wholeheartedly agree with the fact that it is an education. He is saying, look, here are the songs that have influenced me. Go back, find these artists, you know, because soon they're just going to be forgotten liner notes. What did someone called uh, Paul Simon the the other day? He said, Paul Simon is going to wind up just a, a, at best, something like a liner note in Bob Dylan's legacy. Well, I mean, he's no Art Garfunkel, is he? Well, exactly. He didn't do the Watership Down theme track, <laughs> soundtrack. So, according to Google Translate, Yo Bonita translates literally to me pretty, which I can I can actually see, you know, Mike wanting to say, yeah, I'm pretty. But I think more, more <laughs> although perhaps it's it's more actually like, yo, Bonita, like as in, hey, pretty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Should have put that really at the top, but I didn't. Like I said to you, I made the fatal error of not buying the CD or a hard copy, so trying to find credits, trying to actually track down what songs they're doing has been a nightmare, yeah, to say the least. Yeah, there's not a lot of information online. Yeah. Um, there is zero information online, and it's taken me a lot of YouTube searching, basically listening to this track, listening to this track, going basically finding the... I've been able to find the com- the composers for oh, each nice. track, the people that wrote the music. Most of the composers, when they're doing their publishing, they go under their real names. However, when they're performing and releasing the music, it's released under a stage name, if that makes sense. So Prince, I don't think, uh, well, maybe he's a really bad example. No, because his real name is Prince. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the point being, a lot of these guys... You search for their music on YouTube, but you're searching under the publishing name, which is their actual legitimate birth name, and not their stage name. Right. So a lot of rabbit holes and a lot of deep dives needed to be done for this. So I hope you appreciate it, people. I hope you do. Should have just sacked up and bought the CD, like, <laughs> all those years ago. I mean, <laughs> little did I know that it was going to come back and bite me in the backside. So... I've definitely missed people out from this. I've definitely not given people enough credit, but you know, I've reached out to the to the band themselves and said, "Have you got any more of those CDs?" I look like Dave Chappelle in the in the meme. Y'all got any more of them CDs? And uh, I can't find any online. So this is the best that I've found. The CBs, a playful take on. James Brown's JB's band name, but also, you know, the Cuban brothers. They are Adrian Meehan on the drums, Dale Davis on the bass, Greg Bone on the guitar, Barima Asante on the keys, and Jimmy on the sax. You'll be hearing a lot about Jimmy on the sax. Yeah, I don't know what Jimmy's last name is. I think in the interview they were calling him First Time Jimmy or something like that because whenever they would play like touring games of you know, who do you want to marry, kill, or 
sleep with. I think Jimmy was always the first person to be called out to be sleep, sleeping with. So they were calling him Jimmy first time. I think that's what it was. Anyway, shall we have a listen, Jake? Let's have a listen. In a place to be, y'all be the MC known as the ABD. Oh, am I? Fuck it, y'all know what to spell. It's Toy Chili, and don't call me Amigo Miguel. So, yes, yes, is Salsation. It was composed by David Shire for the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Having watched Saturday Night Fever somewhat recently within the last year, I don't remember that being in there. I think I, I, think I would have picked it out because I've listened to this. I don't know if I've ever watched... I don't know if I've ever watched Saturday Night Fever. I watched it because Johnny Stu, legendary lecturer at BIM and sleeper guitarist Johnny Stew was talking about like the role of a man within Saturday Night Fever and how they were trying to portray John Travolta as basically not a homosexual in Saturday Night Fever. The whole idea, you know, because he's dancing, he's in disco and all of this, uh, and disco had quite a connotation for homosexuality and sexual freedom and so on. But so in the opening scene when he's like strutting down the street to, you know, um, is it not? Is it staying alive? Yeah. Is that staying alive? Yeah, that's staying alive. Well, yeah. you can't help but the way I use my Yeah, that was staying that alive. was seamless falsetto there. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you, you I can't can, quite go as high well, as you Barry. Could, you but, could be uh, the stand-in. You know, that joke didn't land like I thought it was going to. They ask you how you are, you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine. But you just can't get into it because they would never understand. So John Travolta's walking down the street and 
he's got a paint bucket in his hand just to show, you know, he's a man. He's walking down the street in his fancy shoes and his fancy trousers, his flares, but he's got the paint, so it's all good. Then he stops and he gets uh, two slices of pizza and he sandwiches them and then folds them because he's a man, you know, because <laughs> he's a bloody bloke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I watched it, not knowing if Johnny Stu was actually being serious that it's an awesome film or not. I, I couldn't tell and I, I'm beginning to feel like he was just being really dry. But who am I to sit here and throw shade on Saturday Night Fever? Amazing soundtrack. Well, it, it, it might have incredibly nostalgic kind of uh, feelings for him. Or, or he might have incredibly nostalgic feelings for Maybe. it, rather. I I ha- and I have got you know. nostalgic feelings for him, too. Yeah. Hey, hey. Okay. Uh, so oh. let's carry on. This sets the scene. We've got nice percussion toppers. Love the percussion topper. The bass and the brass enter with a staccato line. The build-up continues with the entry of the drum hits and a new ascending brass line. And they settle into a groove with a brass ostinato and a syncopated Cuban piano line. That's all I've got to say about that one, actually. I mean, it's, it's tiny. <laughs> the ending is bombastic with fantastic drumming. Aid Meehan is going crazy on those drums. It, I Beautiful. mean, it sets the scene, doesn't it? It's, it's just a short kind of intro. And I love the way that it's, it flows yes. into the next song, Roll Call with mm. the nice kind of open major seven chords and the chimes and all of this. It is a cover of Rescue Me by Taste of Honey. Well, I don't know if I'd call it a cover. What would you say? Obviously, they, they used the music, but it's more of a... Oh, they sampled it. Well, they haven't sampled it. Well, they haven't sampled it because they've recorded it. But they've sampled it in the same way that Dre samples things. Yeah, okay. But I wouldn't call it a sample, though. Sample to me... Like they are playing this entire song. A sample means that they're taking like a loop. What do you think Daft Punk do? Daft Punk take an entire song and just don't do anything creative with it and people call it a whole new song. <laughs> I, they don't do anything tra- that transformative to, with it. you need to fix your tense there because Daft Punk did take. <laughs> they don't do it anymore. That's another joke that just didn't land. Okay. Anyway, no. Uh, so this is Rescue Me. That is like my now sole focus is to fit that into any song that I ever play on. Just that constant bubble picking with the chromatic fills. I, yeah, I got to say, I, I know obviously it's it's Rescue Me, but every time I hear because it's it's quite a Quite a heavily sampled yeah. thing is Rescue Me, isn't it? But every time I hear it, my first thought isn't Rescue Me. It's, oh, is that Cheryl Lynn? Is it what? And I think it's the bass line, Cheryl Lynn, you know, to be real. You know, bah, 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 oh, yeah. Bah. yeah. Yeah, Wasn't that one of the um, Costa songs? That was a Costa yeah, one, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the music was written by Byron Lee Miller, Janice Vircher, 
and Roland Batista. So Roland Bautista, if you didn't know, Jake, he was a member of, I think, Earth, Wind & Fire. Ah. Fun fact. Yeah. Nice. So the intro features Miguelito's voice. We love Miguelito. An open, spacious introduction. It's just fantastic. Fo- following in from the kind of tightness of that ending of Salsation, we've got this big, wide open space. Welcome to Yo Bonita Tonight. <laughs> That's a nice feeling. We're about to get this shit started. You're rocking with, of course, Miguelito, CBs. <laughs> okay. The groove. With the guitar and the horns, that's all I'm going to say. Just groove. <laughs> I mean, his voice makes it too with the syncopated hands, but yeah, the, the, the horns, I mean, just the horn playing alone on this album is phenomenal. I've been overusing that word to describe things recently, but I mean it in all sense of it. It is phenomenal. It's easily, I mean, it's not the best horn playing we've heard in recent times because we did recently uh, review Pepsi Man, but it's certainly, uh, it's Pepsi certainly Man. Up there. You can hear that if you sign up to be a friend of the show on, uh, was that the top 10 video games? Video game soundtracks, not Sorry, not the top video 10 game. video Pepsi. game soundtracks, yeah, okay. Pepsi Man is not a top 10 video <laughs> game. <laughs> top 10 video game soundtracks, and Jake was campaigning for that one to be a lot higher than it should have been. I don't want to spoil it, but it did end a lot higher than it has and any it right to. It has be. any right to, yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Sign up, friend of the show, asoundpurchase.com forward slash FOTS. It's free, it costs you nothing, yet you get so much in return. I love the brass playing in this verse, Jake. I think I mean I've got a soft spot for brass. As you know, I ran my own scar band. We had a three piece horn section. I absolutely love brass being used in a popular setting, but the swells and staccato kind of hops and moves in this verse are just awesome. Yeah, what else wants for the goobers? That's right, the shakers are movers. Wow, wow. And then a bam, 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 bam. Ah, absolutely beautiful. I mean, these guys are at the top of their game. If you listen to the full interview with Mike, or Miguelito, he explains that most of the band that he put together wound up a few years later becoming Amy Winehouse's backing band for live shows, which is, that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it, really? (laughs) I don't know whether he was trying to take credit for her having such an awesome band or not, but yeah. He's welcome to it. He's welcome to it. So the double-tracked vocals kind of emphasize key words. This is a key hip-hop technique, isn't it, where you have like mm. people jumping in for the occasional words. And there's an awesome piano glissando, which is like a big slide down on the piano with awesome seventh chords cracking open that harmony. It's just stunning. It's really stunning. Like I say, these guys are at the top of their game. I have had so much fun putting this together, listening to these songs, shaking my booty, just having a great time. And I'm I'm pretty sure that's exactly why Mike put this album together so that I would one day review it and not <laughs> stop shaking my booty to it. I mean, it's, it has definitely been hard doing notes. Like we were talking the other day, weren't we? Yeah. It's been very hard doing notes for this because you just put it on and you're at the last like, track. Well, you know, like, oh, you're at the last track. It's like, wow. oh, God damn it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing is, the thing is with it as well, 
I don't know about you, Jake. I often, when I listen to music, imagine myself playing the music live. Oh, I, I go one better. What I'll tend to do is grab my guitar yeah. and just start playing. Whether exactly. along to the track or just something over the top, just to... Yeah. I just, I, I daydream of being in this band playing some of these lines, especially, I mean, again, that guitar line. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I don't know you... to, in the guitar line, it's very simple. Yeah. Um, it's just, as you say, just a note and up chromatically too. And then you do exactly the same thing, but the chromatic runs done up a fifth. Beautiful. Simple. Yeah. Well, sounds great. I mean, to be honest, Jake, that guitar line really is just. This is outrageous. This is contagious. <laughs> it's outrageous. It's contagious. Uh, the refrain there is an awesome shift in the groove. The timbales, which are a Cuban kind of pitched tom tom pair, there's the It's it's really cool how they change up that kind of that dominant groove and completely turn it into this rolling thing. Yeah. And also the fact it just, once again, I've said before, it just works. Yeah. Like it'd be really easy for that to be jarring. I'd yeah. just be like, you've got a rhythm going on and it's just something very different. You're like what, what the fuck? But in a way it is kind of jarring. You're right. But in, in a really nice way, it, it's jarring enough that you go, Oh, we're in a new section. All of a sudden it's seamless. It breaks up the tension of that verse, doesn't it? You know, because that most of that verse is so static on pretty much one one harmonic chord, so it breaks up all of that tension. But anyway, verse two, Jake, enter Curtis Blow. Rapper's voice. This guy rivals them all. Chuck D, you're nobody compared to my man Curtis Blow. Curtis was the first rapper to be signed to a major label. Fun fun fact for yeah. you. His song The Breaks, I don't know. I I had never heard of it actually was the first rap song to sell more than 500,000 units. Refrain 2. We've actually changed up the zzzz to oohs and ahs. And then verse 3. Enter abdominal. Is that my left bicep? I thought you'd like that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Refrain three features Miguel talking. And we've got like the James Brown kind of beat stopper, the ba 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 ba, the five the five beats with some of the aforementioned. Jimmy first time. Jimmy on the sax. Jimmy on the sax. Let's go. Verse four is a cool sung verse detailing the history of hip hop. Just sit right back and you hear us. Say, say, love some old school raps. They do call them raps. 
by the way. It doesn't feel grammatically correct, but whatever, I'm going with it. I'm also going to let us like take this song out on a long clip, Jake. So you got anything on this one? I mean, on this one, you've covered quite a bit of it. Um, yeah. Say I'm a big fan of the Tim Timbales. Uh, yeah. You know, get my Tito Puente on or my, uh, oh, no, you know, I'm probably more Edgar Winter than Tito Puente. Uh, you know, pale, pale white guy. Yeah. <laughs> loving that. Something I picked up on there in that particular section going right way back to that first refrain. Yeah. Bit of a, it's uh, almost like they've got John Benjamin, jazz daredevil, <laughs> jazz daredevil on the piano, just throwing in these random, <laughs> these random chords. It's like really quiet underneath it all, but it's just like these, um, yeah. <laughs> If you're not familiar with H. John Benjamin, Jazz oh. Daredevil, I know you are, Stefan, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I very much recommend the album. I don't think I have I any have Jazz Daredevil clips, piano. but I do have this of H. John Benjamin. Wow, amazing. You can play YYZ. First of all, it's YYZ. And second of all, no, I can't yet. It's impossible. So, uh, yeah, okay. I, I like that call. That's a great call. So yeah, I wasn't. Really, I've, I've got to admit, I'm feel a bit ignorant. That I wasn't actually that familiar with Curtis Blow. I didn't realize he was the uh, kind of first hip hop artist to be signed to a major label. So that's that's why we do cool it. That they got him onto uh, onto the album. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. He was apparently he was the only non-British person involved <laughs> on this album. Like. I, I vaguely remember Mike saying that in the interview where he's like, well, we got Curtis Blow, but he was the non, the only person from overseas. That's incredible. Good yeah. job, Mike. Good yeah, job. Yeah. yeah. And once again, sax, man. That fucking sax. I love Get it. Get me on the sax. I've been- yeah. So I'm going to let them take us out. Long clip alert. It's not actually as long as I thought it was. It's only about 30 seconds. But here we have the oral history of hip hop. Who Herkin the mighty Herculoids were first to show the way Africa bambada in the Zulu nation with DJ Jazzy J Grandmaster Flash in the Furious Five Cold Crush Brothers in the Funky Four Hollywood Chica and I'm Curtis Blow Masters of the Disco So join the series with my friends and you will hear us say If for the bitch of the old school y'all there would be no rap today. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. There you go. You're welcome, people. You're welcome. The next song is Mike for President. Music written by Adrian Meehan, Guida De Palma, and Keith himself. I think this is an original. The intro features an awesome percussion loop. Which sounds like it's being performed in a tube tunnel or something. Yeah. Miguel enters with a spoken introduction. I love the turn me up, Archerio, and silly fresh. Yes. All right, all right, all right. You'll turn me up a little bit, Archerio, turn me up. Those bells are silly fresh, guys, silly fresh. <laughs> These, yeah. I, I love the little the little quips that they come up with. Uh, the yes friends, the silly fresh, the hashtag sexy favors. They launch into a wrapped verse. This is a common theme, like the Bee Gees fade. The wrapped verse. Mike 
But the gravitas of the song comes in when the strings enter. I love those strings. They, it just takes this song from being a kind of novelty song to actually something quite serious, quite yeah. awesome. I mean, I, yeah, my, my first kind of thoughts was like, oh, that's actually funny enough you mentioned uh, Mike D, so quite Beastie Boys, you know, it's all very... And then mm. once again, out of nowhere, that man had a family. Randy Orton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, boom, strings. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it kind of really kind of takes it into a into a thing doesn't it it's like wow okay it, it becomes legit all of a sudden like it's yeah it's, like i say i went into this having seen them live seen them joking around on stage thinking that this was going to be a comedy album when that chorus drops and you're like oh this is actually like this is this is seriously legit the chorus features some gang vocals i love the gang vocals on this But not to take themselves too seriously, we get straight back into the comedy after the chorus. The texture drops for the second verse. This is a really cool technique to use. Professor Mike coming into your classes. I like to give you chickens all straight A passes. Such a pretty face, won't you take up your glasses? Won't tell someone for your beautiful masses. I We've gone from all the instruments, all the strings, all the percussion to simply just bass, drums, vocals. Female vocals complete the full chorus though. The female vocals sound so good. And then to finish this song, we've got a Bee Gees fade. <laughs> Please tell me that's in your notes too. Stefan's favourite way to end a song. Uh... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Before we fade it out, do you have any other notes? Not really, no. Um, pretty much similar to yours where, you know, about the chorus going all great and then I've put, um, yeah, about being brought back into the kind of lightheartedness. So no, that's, yeah, you pretty much... All right. Pretty much nailed it, man. Track number four is Lights Out. The music was originally written by Buari. I think it's Buari or Burari on his song Cucu Maria. I can't want to listen to that entire song now. <laughs> the Cuban Brothers feature some incredibly tight playing at the beginning. Really, really cool. The drums settle into a groove. You get a great understanding for how good these players are once that groove settles. We head straight into a chorus. And once again, this is going to be a theme today, Jake. But how good do those horns sound? They're so fucking good. <laughs> Lights out. Lights out. 
tell you my yeah. one gripe with this song. I'm just going right. to get it out of the way now. That guitar's too loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep, fair enough. That's, that's my one gripe with this song. Okay. Yeah. There's more rapped verses, although the texture drops to purely drums and vocals this time, not even a bass. Lights out, but it's not time for creeping. Come into your house, cause your wife was just sleeping. Been off the deep end since I was seeing it. Well, that's why now. Like it. Okay, so then we've got an awesome. A clav. We've got a clav, people. There's a clav. Clav alert. That is. The clav is obviously the instrument from uh, Superstition. The main instrument that you hear in Superstition playing the. Some great singing in the second chorus, Jake. Mike's in his element here, I think, with all of those kind of ad libs. He sounds so good. And let's just take a moment, please. Let's just take a moment to enjoy these master musicians just doing their thing. Yeah, that guitar's way too loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it just like as soon as the chorus kicks in, I was just like, that's just taking me right out of it. Oh. Yeah. No, no, it hasn't. It's not that bad, but it's, it's just not like, that as soon bad, as I noticed it, I was like... It is very loud. And we end on the riff. Everybody's playing homorhythmically. I love that little squeak on the trumpet at the end. That's the best part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, before we move on, did you have anything to say there? No, no, I, I got my, my gripe out of the way. Uh, other than that, I'd say I, I kind of just kept us grooving out to this one, so I didn't really write that many notes. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> the next song is So Sweet. I believe that this song is also an original and it features the outstanding vocals of Misha Paris. The... Intro begins with a really cheeky little fill. So good. I've just yeah. got to say, right off the bat, who knew that the secret ingredient that like hip hop and uh, soul and everything had been missing all along was banjo? There's not a banjo in there, is there? It's like a banjo, isn't it? I thought it was a clev. I think you're right. Oh my God. <laughs> it might not be, but to me that sounds like a banjo. I, so. I, I, yeah, I think, okay. All right. So yeah, banjo, there we go. This is another song that skips the verse and goes straight into a chorus. Here we go. If you want to get a good idea of Archidio just being the man, go and watch the video to this. He's just all smiles and dancing. Seriously, he's amazing. And I just want to point out, again, you know I'm in love with horns, but listen to the cheeky kind of horn rhythms. We have the... Yeah, 
But on the fourth time, the horns change it to just this really quick but but. Listen to this. This is amazing. Amazing playing. That is so cool. Such a small little detail, but it makes this song. It just makes this song so good. <laughs> um, so there is a lovely, another horn refrain. Oh my God, the horn players, seriously, they're, they're doing it for me. And we've got a wrapped verse with a super tight rhythm section. Okay, I've got a long clip alert here. But again, I don't think it's actually that long. I'm just having to alert you after you started complaining that I'm cutting my clips too long. <laughs> the first two verses are split with a refrain. When the second verse comes in, the guitar is just dropped out. I'm playing a long clip so you can hear what the bass and drums, uh, sorry, so you can hear what the bass and drums are doing and then the two guitar parts slowly fade in. Sweet as hell. Used to party all night, no fussing, no fighting, that's all your cares away. Oh, sweet as I remember it. What's the brown Cinderella kangaroo club? That's because the smell of it. And I'm Public enemy, peep rock and see tribe member killing that, and I was repping that. Come on, first y'all passing for their life. Now we're running. Love it. So we got the kind of wah wah chords happening, and this little bubble picking single note thing, which obviously, again, Jake, you know I'm a huge fan of the single note bubble pick. He is. Yeah. It's true. Chorus comes back, and Misha Paris is doing all the ad libs. I love that. I just love that. She's she's almost like a fraction flat because you're expecting her to go up a little bit higher than she is, but because she hits that note, oh, it's perfect. Verse three has some sneaky jazz flute. I had to take a little trip overseas. Now it's out there all with the family keys. Got along with his cats like a breeze. And all the local country girls got the boy in his knees. He would go to tell me how to belong. Wanna give prison now? How for bringing me on back in the day? Yo, it's been too long. The way that that's played leads me to think that actually Mike is a big fan of Anchorman, and he put that in purposely <laughs> because it sounds like the part where he's like, where he's trying to get in tight with the band before he goes, "Oh yeah, that's it. We're cooking now." You know, <laughs> just it really does sound like it. Okay, and then we end with a sharp, sharp cut on the chorus. Have you got any notes for this before we round it out? Let me see. Uh, banjo, uh, jazz flute, um, mm -hmm. bassline in the refrains as partic in particular. Oh, lovely, excellent stuff. Uh, I mean, the, to, the bass line in general it. is quite a you know good good, good groove oh, it's to awesome. it. But. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah. Just really Slick. nice sounds. Really nice. Well, we'll round this one out. All I can hear in there is banjo now. That's that's the like only <laughs> thing I can hear. Uh, the okay, well, yeah, exactly. The next song is Misdemeanor, a cover of Foster Silver's. 
who, by the way, was 12 when he wrote and performed this song. <laughs> and it was sampled by Dre for DOC's It's Funky Enough. Y'all ready for this? I gotta be honest, I prefer 12 year old like soul pop than the, the gangster rap version. <laughs> I think there's something really sweet about the, the Foster Silvers version. The Cubans originally recorded this five or so years prior to the release of the record. Mike explained to us how Yola came to be involved in this track. Foster Silvers, that's such a, you know, those those beats and that that sort of break is very much a hip hop thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's that that was the, I just I've, I've always loved that record. And I thought if I could do it, and so I tried to do the vocal, but my falsetto, I haven't got the falsetto like that. So I brought in Yolanda Quarty, and of course who's now Yola, and she's now you know, of course she have six Grammy nominations last year and six Grammy nominations the year before. She's smashing it. I mean, uh, she's a brilliant singer. Mm. And so, yeah, yeah, so Yola was, um, she played with us in those early festival dates. Not just festival, but uh, when the early band days or, or the early CB's shows, she was she was always my backing, but who would obviously take the lead a few times. So, Yola, as she's now known, she was nominated for four Grammys last year, 2020, including Best New Artist, but kind of curiously, Best Americana Roots Performance and Best Americana Roots Song and just Best Americana Album. Wow. But as I mentioned earlier, Curtis Blow was the only (laughs) non-English kind of or British person on the record. So she's actually from Bristol and she's being nominated for a Grammy for the Best Americana Performance. That's pretty yeah, cool. Bit weird, but pretty awesome. Mike has also said later in our conversation that he'd like to hear the Roots do a cover of this track. And I think that's a really good shout. Yeah. Mm. But Roots with a 12 year old boy singing it. I, I can't get past the fact that he's 12. I think. Foster Silvers was uh, supposed to be like a kind of Jackson 5 sort of thing. He was part of the, I think, the Silvers family band. They were they were like a competing right. kind of Jackson 5 sort of style thing, and he broke out on his own just like Michael Jackson did. Okay, uh, so the intro begins with the refrain right away. No intro, nothing. It's just straight in. always love that on the on the keyboard i think that's really neat yeah uh fantastic vocals in the verse i think it was a great decision by mike to not sing this one and actually get Mm. yola to come in and sing i think that's really good there's a little key change in the bridge There's some really cool call and response between the BVs and lead vocals. After the second verse, they trade off the call and response. 
I really like that. For a soul song, the guitar is filthily distorted. <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't think that, would you? Like you'd have a really dirty guitar under this really nice song. But I guess it kind of works. That was the end of misdemeanor. Let's hear the ending. Track number seven, We Must Be In Love, cover of The Impressions, which was the original kind of band, soul band of Curtis Mayfield. You know I love me some Curtis, Jake. <laughs> I want to say about a year or so looking for the original Curtis album on vinyl. We found it in the in this um in a back back room of like a record no, a back room of a a amplifier repairman up on Sackville Road in Hove. He's just got like okay. specifically hip hop and soul. Um, LPs. We managed to find it. I think I got that, and Jack brought, I think, Gil Scott Heron that day. Nice. Yeah, and then we went home Shouts. playing a lot of COD together. We were doing a lot of the, you know, the team first bots thing. Yeah. Um, a lot of Call of Duty, and we were listening to just sides of Soul Records. It was, it was a, a very nice time. Anyway, love me some Curtis Mayfield. He, he's awesome. Sad end to his life. He had both his legs amputated because of diabetes. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. Although, although, does mean that he can get two dogs at once. So, uh... <laughs> I'm not even going to go into like what was popping in my head there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike also detailed for us how KT Tunstall came to be on this track. The thing with KT, that was a song that, that you know, like an impression song mm. uh, from 1962. And then I remember Pharaoh Monch, Jay Dilla, JD, rest in peace, rest in peace. They he did a they did a, a version not a version, but he did a song called Love. And it was Dilla had made the beat around that sample. We must be in love. Okay. Yeah, and it and it, and he cut it up and Pharaoh Monch jumped on it and it's it's just a really record. Nice record and and so I always loved the, the joint. And then after hearing it, I said, Look, I've got to cover this. But I want to do the original joint mm. again. It's a falsetto thing, and so I wanted to. I, I wanted to not because the lead singer of the Impressions is um, Curtis Mayfield. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. And so you know he's got that falsetto. Yeah. You know that's been that's been copied and they made. And so there's no way I was going to do that. So I, you know, I've got more of a baritone kind of thing. And then yeah. KT actually killed it. She did. It. Oh. She's such a nice country got soul. Country got soul. That's the best way to describe it. She does kill it. Here's a little bit of Jay Diller. Must be in love. We must be in love. Not bad. So nice. the intro sets up a slightly higher tempo than the original, and it sounds a lot cleaner than the original.
great panning in the verse. Guitar in the left, tinkling mm. piano in the right, and just actually a great singing performance from Keith. And I really, what I really admire about this song, Jake, is the role reversal between the singers. Usually you've got the man being all gruff and kind of rustly, but the female being really soft and sweet. Instead, they've gone for the opposite. Katie is so, so rough with her vocals that it actually sounds good. It sounds like, kind of like Janis Joplin, you know, she's been downing Southern Comfort bottles prior to recording. Yeah. yeah. sounds like, you know, he's been dowsing his vocal cords in honey, whereas, yeah, Katie's been smashing back the Southern Comfort. I find it kind of unintentionally funny, this song, the Mr. Tender Kiss. The Tender Kiss is what I miss. I think I've been listening to a little bit too much Flight of the Concords. It sounds like a Flight of the Concords line to me. <laughs> Next thing you know, we're in the bathroom, brushing our teeth. That's all part of it. That's foreplay. <laughs> then you go sort out the recycling. That's not part of it, but it's still very important. It does. It makes me laugh. Those kind of things. I'm. I ever since I heard that Phoenix Foundation thing, I just I can't stop finding unintentional humor in music. <laughs> There's a really nice switch up to the ride in this song as well to kind of lift up the chorus. And it's kind of he's like washing that ride a little bit, so you're getting a bit more than just the nice ding. It's a bit more kind of crashy, yeah, which is quite cool. Um, again, it's it's just an awesome song. I don't want to spoil it now. It's one of my favorites off the record. It's one of my favorites. This is probably the turning point in the record that really made me sit there and go, oh, my God, they're actually doing this for real. This isn't just funny joking around. This is them really going for it and doing a really good job of it. They did it so well, so convincingly, this this version. I didn't firstly I didn't know that it was a an impression song originally. Uh I mm, thought they had same. written it. So I I tried to write my own version of this for Danny, friend of the show, Danny, uh, and I to sing. And well needless needless to say, I didn't do it justice at all. At all. But you can hear it. It's on our website, soundpurchase.com. <laughs> uh, I've put it up there just for you. See if you can find it. Okay. Any any notes for this one? No. You, once again, you've been very comprehensive, Stefan. Um, really have to say, you're, um, you know, I may as well just go make myself a cup of tea and let you finish off the rest of Well, it. you can do. You know why? Because <laughs> we've got a Bee Gees fade. Hey. I, I feel like it's probably not as egregious as the Bee Gees fade. Nothing, nothing Bee Gees, as egregious as the Bee Gees fade. It's like, well, we've got a song that's about four minutes long. We could make it six minutes if we just have a fade out that goes on for two minutes. Yeah. Actually, I take the... I take, yeah. You know what, Robin? You know what? That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> we, we'll get to it. 
There's there's a song coming up that's got the reverse of a Bee Gees fade, and it is a bit egregious. It's well, it's a Bee Gees fade in, and it's it's Ooh. pretty pretty, yeah, revolting. I mean, that's but anyway, that's what Mar- that's what Maurice Jib suggested, and the rest of them were just <laughs> Maurice like Jib uh, board. <laughs> what the? F- Hey guys, do you think maybe we should try a fade in? Shut up, Maurice! Get back in that bottle, boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. Track number eight is "Get It Right." Yeah, get it right, Maurice. To fade out. <laughs> fade out. No, but that's what the funny thing is, guys. Maurice. <laughs> okay. We fade yeah. it out, then we fade it back in. Oh, we've got one of those coming up, actually. So, get it right. Features Tenor Fly on the vocals. Tenor Fly, I believe, is no longer with us. He's passed away, and I will be referring to him as the UK version of Shaggy, and I do not mean that as a dick. <laughs> I do not mean that <laughs> as anything but respect to the man. That's, okay? a, that's a perfectly valid yeah. comment to make. <laughs> so please, don't come at me. Don't come at me because I mean it out of respect. Okay, here we go. The intro features a shuffling groove and panned voices. It breaks down to just a clev, some MC calls, and an eventual bass. I nearly chose to call him the UK kind of version of Ali G, although I know that Ali G is from the UK, but you know what I mean? Like the, um, because Ali G did that song Majuli with Shaggy. Yeah. But I thought. First first time I. First time I heard this, I was kind of like, this could have been on Gorilla's first album. Whoa, there we go. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Save that for the end of the podcast. Funny, funny enough, it's not what I picked. It's not, oh, not what I picked as my cover, but it was a strong choice, consideration. Choice. Yeah. The groove settles in the verse with some smooth, smooth singing by Keat. <laughs> I mean, most of the time it really annoys me when someone's changing up their accent or their phrasing when they sing. So, you know, like when you're hearing, I don't know, I can't think of an example right now. But um, Beatles not singing with their Liverpudlian no, accents. No, 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 I don't mean it like that. I mean it as in like, well, the best way to word it is like what I like about Keith on this record is depending on the style of song that they're doing, he changes his delivery in each of them. So this one, he's right, kind yeah. of putting on a bit more of a, Jamaican kind of Rastafarian sort of twang. Not intentionally, I don't think, but it's more just like getting in the zone of it. Whereas, you know, I don't know, if someone comes out and they sing something not the way you expect it, you're kind of like, oh. But it kind of works on this one. Verse 2 brings in some BVs, which makes this scene kind of cinematic in a way to me. If you isolated those BVs, I reckon it would fit in like a martial arts film or a Morricone <laughs> kind of Western. It makes me think of like Wu-Tang, for instance. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 
The chorus gets stuck in my head, though, because of the thorough repetition. And the bridge sees Tenna Fly take over, and again, he was like, the, he's just, he's the UK version of Shaggy, and I really don't mean that as disrespect. That's the best way to frame it, in my opinion. And I love the subtle like groove change there. We've gone from like this kind of regular four on the floor sort of thing to this rolling almost like um it's almost like a kind of Indian sort of rhythm, like a bangra or something. Would you say it becomes almost like his his vocals become what's driving the rhythm as opposed to obviously the drums? Almost. I think the drums actually simplified to just like this kind of, like I say, this rolling little Mm. sort of thing, which which helps the drive. But yeah, there's just subtle changes in there. Let's listen to that again. Yeah. So it just turns into this like cyclic kind of rhythm. It finishes with the groove. And a little bass run at the end. There's almost like the bass player forgot that they were at the end. <laughs> Which we'll play in a second. Did you have anything to add to this one? <laughs> no, not All right, really. let's hear that then. That's what I imagine. I don't think I don't think that is. Again, this is um It could well be though that they he kind of did that. It's like, oh should I just do it again? They're like, no, that was yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that that is uh Dale Davis who became Amy Winehouse's band leader. So I you know, I don't want to say that he made a mistake. People do it, people make mistakes, but not legends. Maybe he was told it was going to be another fade out. Maybe, 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 maybe <laughs> that's exactly what they were doing. Then Maurice showed up, <laughs> lied from to beyond him. the grave, <laughs> showed up in the jib board. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys. Okay, uh, the next song is Orms uh, or OHMS. I don't know how they want me to say it, but I always think of it as Orms. It features. I, ma- I imagine. Sorry, it's Ohms, isn't Ohms. it? Is it? Well, that's that's how you would spell Ohms. Okay. What what's Ohms? Uh, Ohms Apart from is like a very uh, British way of saying home, <laughs> 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 or a very London um, way. Should uh, I say we're going Ohms? It, it, it's um, it's something to do with electrical resistance. Oh, right. Okay. I did look that up actually and and saw it and just went, what? Yeah. Okay. Uh, So this song features the vocal talents of Omar, and that's not Omar from The Wire, sadly, but it is Omar himself. It features a farty bass in the intro. Only way to describe it. I mean, to be fair, if you're farting like that, you need to go see a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was wondering if the best way to describe that bass, and yeah, I think Farty is, um, yeah, um, yeah, the perfect way to do it. I, I love, uh, I love uh, a good sub bass kind of Farty synth. I, I've got to think. Like speaking of the bass, like I can see somebody listening to this in their car. They've got a sub in there. It's not been set up properly, <laughs> and the car's just rattling away. Yeah, as they're parked up at the traffic yeah, lights. Exactly. Um, or outside my house at what, like two a.m. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and all you can hear is just bass yeah. and rattling. And then they go and, and rag it off, else. and it just sounds like utter <laughs> crap. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, I, I couldn't afford a big exhaust, so I've just drilled some holes in it. Same effect. Yeah, same effect, but <laughs> rubbish. Yeah. It morphs into like this Latin kind of jazz groove. Very um, streets. I was going to say Santana. Their first album. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Santana. Yeah. Santana's good no, as well. Not. I was thinking more because of that, because of the use of the sub bass. Oh, in okay, there, like, right. That yeah. Kind of puts it me more into. Um, uh, once again, a great way if you've got a sub, put this on. Great way to piss off your neighbours if they've been, uh, you know, if they've been having a party and they've kept you up to like four in the morning, and you're like, right, in a week's time. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. You know, I mean. You're you're a lot more subtle than I am. I'd just wait till about midday once they're all finally coming down from their party, going to sleep, and then start cranking it. And it's during the day, so it's not like the other neighbours are going to get upset with you, right? Oh, that's yeah. true. That's true. This is a See, good plan. I, you can tell I've lived in a house with like five other people, one of us making a lot of noise all through the night with a certain looping pedal. Omar's vocal delivery is great. He skips like a stone. Over the rhythm of it of straight rhythms. How's that? How is that that's, for a simile? That's certainly. Don't even know my name, but you got the cheek to tell me play the game. I was about to say it's certainly a simile that I've heard today. Um, so yeah, we move into a verse of rapping where it seems Omar and Mike are trading verses. You, I see them everywhere. You can say what you like. I don't really care. All that hype, 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 keep it over there. Get out your pens and pads. Get out your pads and pens. I'm a little bit of plum, B-boy, gentleman, the respirator. Now you can be the... Once again, he's changed his voice. He's changed his delivery. It's so good. I like the get out your pens and pads, your pads and pens. I like that little, that little switch up. There's a really nice breakdown in the chorus with just a voice and... Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. I knew, I knew that that don't was coming even out this. know my name, but check the cheek to tell me play the game. Really nice breakdown, that one. And then it builds up for another full chorus and ends. Anything for you to add? Sorry, you went full on like just then. So, whatever you said, I didn't hear. I said, really, really nice breakdown. Then it builds up for another full chorus and just It ends. does just end. That's that's true. Yeah. It's not still going on in, in perpetuity. Um, no. It's No. It does finish. All right, let's finish this one. Right. I've, I've just realised we've still got like five still and I really need to leave. I will be right back. We're back. Track number 10 is Let's Wander. 
written by Mike for his wife. Intro sets up a 50s kind of doo-wop vibe. There's a really tidy verse cycle with some excellent, excellent vocals being sung by Mike. Let's wander through the streets like we used to. Let's hold hands and then speak like we used to. Let's head down to the beach, fold your hair back and I'll reach and hold you just the same as I used to. That harmony is just fantastic. It's it's such a good little cycle. You can almost predict where those chords are going in the best possible way. He, when we spoke to him, once again, you can hear that on, uh, if you're a friend of the show, www.asoundpurchase.com forward slash F-O-T-S. Yeah, if you listen to the full interview with Mike Keith, the conversation with, he talks about the fact that he originally wanted this to be like a D'Angelo-styled song and I can kind of hear it now that he said it but it obviously it didn't turn out totally D'Angelo no it went a little bit John Shuttleworth uh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you you can kind of hear the little the the influence in there uh, I love the chorus very tidy The best part of this song, though, is the unnecessarily cosmic awesome synth solo, which is like rival to the synth sound that we found in the Phoenix Foundation a few episodes ago. I think anyone who's got um, logic and has the plugin <laughs> expand has used yeah. that synth sound and kind of gone, oh, I, I yeah, just, this is pretty fun. It's like, I'm never going to use that for anything. And then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to the whole song and I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is a beautiful song written for his wife. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> just it's like, where does that come from? I know, it's like, I, 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 as soon as I heard that, I know that sound. I've used that. I've played with that sound and been like, nah. And then you just nice. skip to the next nice. one. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, but let's hear it for Mike. Let's hear it for Mike and his pipes. He is singing his backside off on this song. Once again, totally authentic, no comedy, just a man singing to his wife and actually throwing in a lot of influence from all of his record collection. It's actually, mm. it's, it's a really nice song. And my last note is that it's just a nice, calming kind of instrumental ending. The band just let it drop on, on their groove, really. You got anything to say? No, no. I, I've, I've said my John Shuttleworth piece. We've talked about the uh, the ridiculous synth. Uh, 
I don't think there's much more to say, really. It's, yeah. All right. Okay. as I hear that think of like a, a moonlit beach do you know what I mean yeah like it, I know really exactly does... what you mean yeah it's almost I see I see it ending with the moonlit beach but the rest of the song is like a montage of like a date scene where Mike's doing like <laughs> wacky things like 51st date <laughs> where she keeps forgetting him <laughs> Mike if you're listening to this I doubt you are but if you are you need to make this happen. We need to film a video of just like a, a montage, a memory montage of you trying to, to woo your wife. And make sure, please, that you fit David from Mount Monganui. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Do you like violence? <laughs> <laughs> the problem is I could just see that happening. Like this really quiet Kiwi New Zealander. Just kind of be like, oh, yeah, that was really good, man. That was really good. Okay, next up we have David singing his usual song, <laughs> My Neighbours by Eminem. And this guy just going total hundies on it. Yeah. All right. The next song is Ain't No Need. It's a cover or a reinterpretation of the 1976 Sky song. I think reinterpretation is better than saying cover. Yeah, I think I that's... think that's the best way to sum this album up. And and again, they're just taking these really old songs that have been almost batch recorded at Motown or at Stax or something with the same players, you know, like session musicians, and they they've taken them and they've just kind of input a whole lot of love and respect in and made it sound so fresh and clean. It's really good. Let's hear the introduction. It's a textural build. I keep wanting that kick to morph into Blue Monday. Or at least Psycho Killer. If they took that, if they took boom, the boom, the um, if they took the snare out, it would sound like it. Crazy, crazy echo on the guitar. Love it, love it. I'm all about the echo. Love it. it. Sounds like the first vocals come from a bridge. It doesn't sound like they're in a verse or a chorus. It sounds like it's coming from a bridge. I said I was going to talk about the well, like reverse Bee Gees. This is the song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It takes two minutes, two full minutes to actually get to the beat drop. Is that what we call a, uh, a club mix? I, I, I guess so. I mean, yeah. Shout out to the drummer on this track, Aid Me Hand. Shout out to him for his rapid fills in the build-up. These fills sound more like they belong in... 
a metal song than a dance song. Let's hear it. We finally get to the hook after nearly two minutes of build-up. Two minutes. Two minutes. Seriously, two minutes of build-up. That is like BG-esque. That, yeah, that's longer than some legitimate songs that we've reviewed or talked about on this podcast before. Like not even some of the jokey short songs. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Let's hear the hook, though. The hook's amazing. It, it is a nice payoff once it does arrive. There's a huge breakdown with disco beat drums whilst the horns and voice are bathing in echo. This is also the anti-BG song, so it's half the BG song and anti-BGs because they do the... Fade out and fade back in and then out. Before we listen to that, anything for you to say? Maurice Jib, at it again. What a guy. <laughs> Just pops up in random people's jib board. You'll have to excuse me. I'm being distracted by Toby, Toby Maguire having a dance off with uh, Baron Zemo. So uh, I, I did notice that you were a bit distracted. I've sent you the link. Um. I, I regret bringing that up now. <laughs> although it it is totally amazing. Like I'm all for the Baron Zemo dancing. <laughs> and as I was aforementioning, uh, shaking my booty whilst doing this, I was trying to bust some of Baron Zemo's shapes. <laughs> Uh, okay, track 12 is The Underdog. This is a cover of the 1967 Sly and the Family Stone song. Yeah, yeah. I know how to beat when you know for real. But every other time, yeah, you get a raw deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, I'm the I want to put it on record that this has become my new pump-up song. <laughs> this is like, I was listening to this prior to recording because I've been prepping other episodes of fairly depressing music and uh, I needed to get back in the zone of this one. So I put this on as I was just before we started and I should have put on the Sly and the Family Stone version because man, that's cooking. Obviously, again, huge fan of Sly and the Family Stone. Mm. We should definitely be doing an episode centered around them and obviously Larry Graham. Yeah, for and sure. Possibly Graham Central. You need here we go. Friends of the show, tell us that you want it. Jake to do a wouldn't it be noise episode based around power. Wow. What a tune. I gotcha. Well, yeah. 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 I mean That's, I know we, yeah. if we're gonna do a, a Graham Central station, but and I know it doesn't work the the, the the pun doesn't work properly if you say Graham properly. As opposed to what Graham Graham. It's like Graham. It's, it's, yeah. it's G-R-A-H-A-M. Graham. Or Graham. Graham. Graham, at least. It's not Graham. No. Not Graham. I'm willing to compromise and yeah. say we're both wrong on this one. But yeah. Graham. Oh. Graham. Ugh. 
Mm. You're that guy that sings about your hair. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay. Um, Mike explained to us why he liked this song for the record. You know, there's something like the underdog or something. That's just such a, a big tune. But it's sort of, it can be a bit moody if you're doing it at festivals and stuff like that. Cause it's quite a, I disagree with Mike saying that this isn't right for a festival. I think this is absolutely right for a festival. This is so right for a festival. This couldn't be any more right for a festival. It's amazing. This is, in fact, this is like the cornerstone of your set. As I said, it's my pump-up song. It's fair. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm glad we're, we're in agreement. The intro features a clip of Mike's unaccented voice. So he's not playing a character at the moment. I don't understand a word that he's saying, though, because he's kind of got that thick Scottish accent thing happening. And it features the same arrangement of Frere Jaca and launches in with all sorts of power. How good is Mike's voice in this? Seriously. Oh, man, yeah. Yo, Bonita. Like, oh. But they won't let you forget that you're the underdog and you gotta be twice as good. Even if it never writes, will they get upsides when you get too bright? Because you might stop thinking too much, yeah. He says he hasn't got a very good falsetto, but he just nailed that falsetto. So good. I mean, as if it couldn't get any better, Jake. Check out his voice at this chorus. There's a riot going on. They sound like they're having the time of their life playing that. They sound like they are just having such a great time. And again, it ends with a bookend of the Frere Jacques riff being played uh, with a writ as well. So they're playing it and they slow down as they go. Great tune. Track 13 is The Finding. This is solely credited to Mike Keat. We start with a drum loop and a 1-4 change on the keyboard. Oh, the classic. classic. This is my go-to change on keys. As soon as I get on a keyboard, <laughs> you'll hear me playing the 1-4 change. It's just got a thing, it's, hasn't it's it? Got, it just sounds yeah, really... It's got uh, a, a real kind of um, innocence to this song. Like All the other ones are like these masterpiece soul songs, and then here's just a song written by Keith himself, and it's there's just like this wonderful kind of playful ignorance to it. <laughs> and I, I don't mean that as a slam. That's, that's actually, that's just, that's what makes this song for me. The verse features all instruments in. Horns are stabbing, guitars are bubbling, and bass... Well, it's basin. 
Great does that bass sound. Sounds very, very yeah. good. But it is missing the secret sauce. No banjo. Oh, well. Yeah, they got the clavin there, I guess. That count? No. no. Okay. The chorus melody sounds familiar to me, but perhaps I've just heard this too many times without realising. I'm going to sing it. I just love That sounds really familiar to me, but I can't pick it. The bridge is absolutely massive. I mean, just looking at the waveforms, it's huge. (laughs) (laughs) And that makes way for a really tasty solo. Super tasty. It would have been awesome to have H. John Benjamin on that, though. (laughs) (laughs) Give him that awesome bridge to pump him up and then just hear him fumble his way through it. (laughs) Because remember, jazz, it doesn't matter. As long as you end and finish on the right note, it does not matter. Where where I think you're going wrong there is I don't think H. John Benjamin does start or end (laughs) or indeed hit any right note. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter it doesn't it's matter. still a great album yeah yeah and then yeah it's just a nice nice tidy ending back on the one really we're gonna finish this one out Track 14, Got to Give the People. This is a reinterpretation. I've got to stop saying it's cover. It's a reinterpretation of the OJ's 1975 song. That kind of screams Sly Stone to me as well. The intro changes up the clav for a really dirty guitar though. Shout out to the bass tone in the verse as well. Yeah. It's just masterful. And that bass tone is dripping. Oh my goodness, that is so good. Uh, the vocals and horns sound so awesome in the chorus. We're back to the horns. Everybody feels the same. You said unanimous decision. I said we're ready for a change. You can't play that without having bass face. And there's some really cheekier go-go bells going on in the background as well. Mm. Yeah. Great BVs in the bridge. And then we have a clav solo. It's about time we've got a solo on the clav. Mm. 
I, I always think whenever I hear a clav solo, you don't hear that many, but when you do, it's always like the jazz flute, the flutist was on lunch. Uh, sorry. <laughs> the flautist. Yeah. You'll never be a concert flutist. flautist. I know, flautist. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, as soon as I said it, I was like, it's not flutist, is no. it? I'm going to say flutist. Um, yeah, it always kind of feels like, it just feels like a, a cheap, cheap flute song. Oh, <laughs> it's great, it. but to me, it's just like, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere, there is a clav player sitting in a corner. I've got her feelings. I've got her feelings. It was done on a flute. You play jazz flute? I dabble. Okay. However, we're moving into another solo. However, I... That would also sound better on the flute. No. And I sit there, I sit there, and I'm I'm baffled because for the first time on the album we're going to have a saxophone solo, but they're not telling me who's playing it. Oh, how we have no way we have of knowing. No way of there's knowing. no earthly way of knowing who who played. Well, that there is sax. no introduction um, whatsoever. Usually, there's a nice little introduction to tell us, and we go, "Oh yeah, I know Jimmy." Oh, yeah, yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. But here we go. There's but, a solo backed by some Hammond organ. We're going to be taken out on this track with the groove and some smooth sax lines. Jimmy, you earned your paycheck that day, my friend. Okay, here we are, the piece de la resistance. We are at the final song on the album, the song that Jake's anticipantly like, waiting to tell us about. Track 15, The Ace of Spades. This is a reinterpretation of Motorhead's 1980 classic. didn't know when to pull that clip like it's such a hard thing to stop just just don't just once that that train's rolling it's not stopping baby (laughs) yeah i was listening to this again in anticipation of the episode last night and my wife who is famously quite uh, full of critique for the stuff that we interview and and review on this (laughs) sat there and went oh ace of spades nice (laughs) so it's getting two thumbs up from me already i defy you however to find another podcast that is backing up the OJs with a motorhead. I defy you. It's, it's not possible. This is the pinnacle of the album. They end on the strongest point, and I know that Jake's going to agree. If he doesn't, I'm probably going to cry myself to sleep tonight. Uh, I, I'll agree with you, Dan. I, I can't stomach Good. the thought of you crying yourself to sleep. So, I, no, uh, seriously, it's a very strong way to end this album. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... um, it's so tongue in cheek. We've got the comedy factor, but it's actually really authentic. And that's what makes this work so well is it's not like a half-assed. It's just not half-assed at all. They are really going for it and mm. having just the best time ever. 
let's let's hear the introduction. So what you've done there, Stefan, is you've just played the Motorhead clip again. It's uh, oh yeah, exactly. It's the same the, thing. Uh... They kind of set out with that mambo kind of Cuban vibe immediately, and it just again, it's so authentic to what they're trying to do. It brings the comedy. It's fun. They're having fun. Like I said, they're just not half-assing it. Here we go. Some more amazing, amazing vocals. If you like to gamble, I tell you I'm your man. You win some, lose some. It's all the same. I know that he's like a big kind of soul, hip-hop, jazz guy, but he'd be a great lead singer for a, for a rock band. And again, he's like changed his vocal style up to fit with the like the original material it's quite good the solo is just is just fantastic right yeah. but you see what i'm saying though imagine that was played on a clav <laughs> yeah okay i'll give you that for this song especially yeah my last two things, my last two notes is like the stylized ending. Mm. The, the original Motorhead ending is just fantastic. I don't, in fact, we often are tracking what's the greatest opening of a song. So far, we have contenders of, I'm just going to throw it out there. This is the best ending to a song ever. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's, that's fair. Yeah, and then this is the way that the Cuban brothers end it, of course. Unless, Jake, have you got things to say? No, 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 no. All right. They they just stick that landing so incredibly. (laughs) Seriously, seriously good. Okay, so we are at the end. We've got our famous final questions. Woo! I know, I know. Favorite track of Yo Bonita by the Cuban Brothers? Uh, is probably Roll Call. Wow. I was a okay. big fan of the old hip-hop vibes. I, I, I had you pegged. I really had you pegged and you've thrown the curveball. I was swore you were going to pick Ace of Spades. <laughs> Nah, too obvious. I mean, it's good. It's good. But no, Roll Call is probably my, my favorite one. Okay. I, I've i got a couple written down, but I'm actually going to change them. So <laughs> <laughs> having having done this, so I, I wrote down, obviously, We Must Be In Love is like my all-time, yes, that's amazing. Mm. I do like Let's Wander, especially after speaking about it today with the, the moonlit beach and the, the montage. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Like, the you know, the like ice cream on the nose and that <laughs> yeah. sort of stuff. <laughs> underdog obviously is phenomenal but i'm actually gonna go with got to give the people oh after hearing the clav solo especially <laughs> and jimmy on the sax but that bass tone man that bass tone okay. oh no no hang on hang on we don't know who was on the sax don't we do we that one? well that's why i've taken a bit of liberty i'm gonna just claim that it's, We're jimmy, assuming it's jimmy okay yeah yeah if not again there's another there's another saxophonist in a corner somewhere crying Okay. <laughs> cover. Well, who would you like to hear cover one of these songs? Bearing uh, in mind, a lot of these songs are, are covers, covers in themselves. Yeah. 
I mean, obviously I said about gorillas earlier doing some stuff. So maybe I forget which one it was that I said actually now. Oms. 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 So yeah, maybe them yeah. doing something like that. Um I actually put a, a wolf peck doing so Ooh. sweet. Oh, okay. Nice. That's uh what I'd quite like to do. I think they'd do a a bang up job of it. What was the one that we said the guitar was too loud? Because that's definitely this <laughs> kind of thing. That's the thing. That's what got me thinking about them. I was listening to it. I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's very Corey Wong, isn't it? Uh- <laughs> yeah. God damn, I love that, man. Corey Wong, like, if I could get that guitar tone, I swear. Okay, well, I've I've got a joke one for you first. Mm-hmm. Right, are you ready for this? Yeah. Mike for President by former Republican Vice President Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, but in, in all seriousness now, Underdog by Tedeschi Trucks Band, because I know they do a lot of Sly covers. Tower of Power would do a really good cover Ooh, yeah. of Underdog as well. Yeah. Or Friend of the Show, Huey Lewis and the News. <laughs> there you go. That's our, uh, that's our new Huey Lewis and the News thing. Nice, I like it. Now, here's, here's the t- this is where it gets tough. Does this fit in your top 10, Jake? I'm... I'm not holding out much hope here because our top tens are pretty ironclad at this point. Uh, no, it actually is going to be going into my top ten. Holy moly! Top five. Uh, holy moly! At uh, number number eight. Oh, okay. Which um, I just opened up the the episode list now. Yeah, I can see that. So you've put it above Gaz Coombs. I've put it above Gaz Coombs. Wow. Sorry, Gaz. Um, Still not as good as the Phoenix Foundation, though, eh? I'm also putting this into my top 10, and I really struggled with this because this forced out... If if I put it into the top 10, it forced out uh, Discipline by King Crimson. <laughs> wow, okay. And th- this, is, this is how tight it's getting at the moment, but I guess I think I listen to this album a lot more than I listen to Discipline these days. I'm a, I'm a bit happier at the moment. No, that's fair. So, yeah. I'm going to put it into, I think, sixth place. Just underneath Force Fields by Tokyo Police Club. They are holding in strong up there in fifth place. And Fashion Nugget by Cake in eighth place or seventh place, sorry. Maths. Maths. So, maths. Is this, Jake, is this your Bonita 2013 release by the Cuban Brothers a sound purchase? Uh, Yes, but with the caveat that you have to get the digital version. <laughs> but not for the not for the digital version. <laughs> I don't like the di- wow. not for the digital version. I don't like that. I would love to get this on vinyl. This is just such a booty shaking record. Mm. It is awesome. And of course, don't forget, we spoke to Mike uh, Mike Heat from the Cuban Brothers, and he was such a stand up dude. He was so cool. We had so much fun. Our interview isn't much of an interview as it is more him telling us outrageous stories about people in Mount Mongnui. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's as good a place as any to take us out, Jake. <laughs>